Hello and welcome to the Belmont Story Project. My name is Angelo Ferenzi and I'm a former selectman, a member of the Belmont Historic Society and a resident of Belmont. Today, September 23rd, 2016, and I'm conducting this interview with a, uh, a good friend and a longtime Belmont resident. Uh, we're here in the Claflin Room of the Belmont Public Library, and I'm with Henry Kassarian. Henry is a lifelong resident of Belmont, and uh, I think I can say your age. He's 81 years old, uh, and I'm trying to figure out how to look like him when I'm 81, but, uh, which is not that far away. Um, let's start, Henry, by uh, talking about your earliest memories of, uh, of Belmont and what it was like back when, uh, when you were growing up. Well, uh, we moved to 233 Beach Street, across from the Kendall School. I went to the elementary school there. Started when I was four and a half years old and went to the Kendall School. It really hasn't changed that area except for the senior center, which has replaced, of course, the Kendall School. Otherwise, that area, Beach Street, hasn't changed that much. Few houses have been built there. There was a, a couple of empty lots on the same side of the street where I lived in. A couple of houses down, there was an empty lot. So I don't think it's changed that much as far as the decor. If, uh, houses are there, what's there has been there for many years. So that hasn't changed. Kendall School, Chester Ray Robinson was the principal there, and he was, he ran it uh, very strict, like I said in the book. He didn't run it like a prison, but he was very strict. And there was not many discipline problems in those days. And so um, things were pretty quiet, pretty placid, and you know, everybody towed the line. We had a few people that got out of line, and Mr. Robinson was pretty strict with those people. Yeah. Tell me, was the, the the Kendall Field obviously was there then? Yeah, the town. Did you used to play there a lot? Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, we had kick. We had volleyball tournaments there, kickball tournaments. I remember we played there on the playground itself. Um, that hasn't changed much. In fact, looks just about the same. Got that little hill that goes up towards Waverly Street. That little hill we used to play up on that little hill. Yeah. As kids, we thought that was, you know, <laughs> that, that, that was the mountain of mountain for kings. Yeah. And uh, were the tennis courts there then? I don't remember, but I tend to think that they probably were. Yeah. At Pequasset, just to switch the subject for the second. At Pequasset, when I when I moved when we moved there, in 1946. There was a maze down there where the tennis courts are and where I think there was a little bit of tennis courts, but there was an area down there at Pequasset. There was a little pond there, and there was frogs and pollywogs right there, uh, right as you go, as you go out, out to the right uh -huh. by the VFW building yeah. there. That whole area in back there was all marshland, oh. and they had hedges where the, I think, where the from the tennis courts going out to the street, there were hedges there, and a big heavy set guy named Mr. Donovan, who worked for the town, used to come there and clip the hedges. I remember that. <laughs> that's all gone. Yeah. So that's that. I never realized it was wet down that area. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, we used to play around there with polywogs. That's Pequasset. Uh, town field was uh, about the same as it is now. Um, used to play down there. 
I remember 1945 playing marbles on the side of the Kendall School when somebody ran up and said that President Truman has declared that World War II is over. That was 1945. I was 10 years old. Yeah. I remember that pretty clearly. Uh-huh. Uh, and then you, you moved to where you're living right now, actually. Right. The house was sold in 1946, and my mother always got mad at my father for never buying the house because it was always for sale during the war years. Yeah. Anyways, the house got sold, and so we had to move out. The landlord wanted the second floor. So we bought the house on Bank Street, which was in kind of tough shape. I had to fix it up. Uh-huh. And we bought that. The street, Banks and King Street, in 1946 was not paved. It was the dirt, dirt roads. Private way, dangerous passing. I remember seeing that sign <laughs> in 1946 on the corner because we bought the house on the corner lot. Yeah. So, that, so they did some, I think, they reconstructed the street, maybe late 40s. They paved it and uh, put some, I remember, big sewer pipes. They did a lot of uh, infrastructure pipes underneath the street. That was late 40s, early 50s. Uh-huh. So we moved there since 1946, so I've been there 70 years. Yeah. So from, um, from Kendall School, you ended up going to Belmont Junior High School to up the high on uh, Washington yep, Street? Up to the Junior High School. Uh, yeah. What was it John, like there? Well, down again, John Ventura. He was a the principal there. He was he the principal. Was, while I was there. He was a, well. <laughs> he, he must have been there a long time. He was, and he was a. He seemed to be a a clone or an extension of Chester Ray Robinson. <laughs> he was very strict. Uh-huh. I remember him doing things then that you couldn't do today, yeah. like laying a hand on students, which yeah. you can't do today. I don't know if that <laughs> you get sued for saying that. Yeah. But he was very strict and. Uh, and when we used to go out in the hallway to change classes or something, we had to line up against the wall. It wasn't run like I say, like a prison, but yeah. it was one very. He ran a very strict ship, like Mr. Robinson did at the Kendall School. Was there discipline problems? Yeah, there was kids that got in trouble. But and what what uh, what courses do you remember taking there? I think we t- I, well, there were college courses. I took English, yeah. you know, and math, science. Miss Calderara, she, they didn't know what to call her, so they called her Rara. She was the algebra teacher, Miss Calderara. We had Miss Holbrook for English. Mm-hmm. And she's, think of the names down there. I can think of the names in the grammar school better than I can <laughs> at the junior high. Um, Did you play sports in junior high? They had basketball? And, yeah, and, no, uh, it's funny. I didn't play many sports. I didn't play many sports. I was very thin, and I also, in the book, I was very shy in school, and even in high school. It's just my name, and when you get the yearbook, it's just the name and address. Yeah. And it, when I went to Northeastern, just the name and address. So I, so we had a class reunion. We had our sixty-fourth class reunion last uh, Friday with yeah. Mary Ann Scally. She ran it. She, we got forty-something people. So everybody had to stay, stand up, and say something. And I said, "Well, here's Henry Kazarian, Mister Anonymous, twenty-two Bank Street, and the rest is blank." <laughs> If you want to look at the books. Great. And so after junior high, you obviously went to Belmont High School, which yep. at the time was on School Street. Yeah. Mr. Higginbottom was the principal there. Mr. Kaluch was the uh, assistant vice president. And Mr. Uh, nice Guy, what was his name? I think he was up to junior high school. He lived up with Eddie. Mark Gifford. 
Oh, yeah, sure. No, Mark Gifford. Yeah. Very nice gentleman. I think he was up at, was he up at the junior high? I think he was a junior high. He was also uh, very instrumental in helping kids out. He was very nice to the, to the, to the children, to the students. Yeah. And they had the vocational school there then, too, as well. Right? Yes, that a vocational the school at the high school. Yep, that was yeah. downstairs. And, uh, and it was a pretty... Uh, we had a few students that were down there. There was quite a few students that did take vocational. Yeah. Yep. It was yep. a great which, program. Which is now an issue today as, <laughs> yeah. as far as uh, what to do with it. Uh, how, yeah. to, how would you spend your time after school? After school, we'd go, there was a, a pool room. Well, that was probably a little later after... After high school, we used to go down to Jack's pool room. There was a pool room next to the studio theater. Next to the studio theater? Yeah, right right in that block Not there. Not where the Belmont bike shop is now. No, 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 no. Right, no, no. Up by the studio. Right next to the studio, there was a pool room, Jack's pool room. And we used to go in there. Uh-huh. Probably more so a little after high school than high school. But I remember going to school. Going over to Northeastern, we used to go down there at night. Did they have bowling alleys there too, or was it was it no, on, no, was bowling, it on the street level, or was it no in the, the basement? The bowling alley, as I remember, was down Waverly Square. Yeah, I don't know if there was one up by the uh, Jack's Pool Room, which was next to the Studio Theater. I don't yeah. know if there was a bowling alley there, and there was ones up at Route Two, Alewife. Yeah. There yeah. was one up there. Was Norcross's bike store there? Yeah, Norcross had a, a small little bike shop down in Waverly Square. Yeah. He had a yeah, Norcross. In fact, I remember I buying a bicycle for him when I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, my folks did. Yep. Okay, so you, you, down the pool hall, hanging out with buddies. Yeah, yeah. after yeah. Uh, school, we'd go down there, hang around there. And then during the summer months, something that's missing today is we used to have the recreation department used to have instructors in the summer. That's something that I really think is lacking, but... Maybe today that's, that stuff is probably passe. We used to have the instructors down there in the summer. And then we used to have make up uh, ball games. Piquasa would play, uh, we had a league. Piquasa would play Grove Street, Grove Street would play Town Field, and it'd be baseball. And it was, uh, it was uh, done by age groups. 14-year-olders and 12-year-olders and 10-year-olders get together and make up leagues. Mm-hmm. And we'd go by bicycle. To the different fields and play the different teams that were, you know, organized through the uh, instructors yep. through the through the playgrounds. Was any one particular team stronger than the others? Or well, I remember we had some good rivalries. PQ would play Town Field. And that that would be a rivalry amongst the kids. That was yeah. always, and not only so much for that, but just the different sections in town that yeah. was a rivalry. Let alone through the sports, yeah. uh, but. And like Grove Street, too. Grove Street was like going out to Chicago for the young kids. You know, if you lived at PQ and Town Field, if you went all the way up to Grove Street, you know, that was like going on a safari somewhere. And how about Cross Street? Were they in there, too? Winbrook. Yeah, Winbrook. Yeah, yeah. Winbrook. Yeah, they, they had a – we had baseball teams. This is something that the kids don't do in the summer. You, I yeah. go by Pequot, and now I walk through the field in the summer. It's really – it was a very hot summer, but there's yeah. nobody down there in the summer months anymore. Yeah. There used to be a lot of activity in the How summer many? months when the instructors were there. But you got the internet, you got TV, you got this, they got everything. How many instructors were there? Because I could remember going down no. playing with GIMP, making these bracelets out when, of. Uh, when Billy McKinney started out with, uh, he passed away, Dennis Malone, they had instructors there. They they had instructors probably up until, well, let me try and think. They probably had instructors as late as the 1980s. Each field, yeah. uh, the Billy or the recreation would 
there'd be a, a male instructor and a female instructor. Yeah. And they would be down there. And Pequasset had a field house. That was a, they had a field house on the Maple Street side where you could take showers. There was a brick <laughs> building, a brick building, a field house, yeah. uh, just on the Maple Street side. It should come in and Pequasset on that end. And that's where we used to put all the equipment and everything for the, you know, for the field. Yeah. All the, you know, the bean bags and the baseballs and the bats. And uh, that's something that you don't see anymore. And unfortunately, uh, uh, the playgrounds aren't used. There's no instructors, and the kids got other things to do in the summer. Yeah. So that I mean, in those days when we were growing up, that's all you did was live in the fields. Yeah. <laughs> so you uh, then Belmont High School. You graduated from Belmont High School in 1952, I guess, right? Yep. 52. And then from um, did you go into the service after that, or did you go no, to I went Northeastern? Went to Northeastern, and then uh, I got drafted. Went northeastern '52, graduated in '57, and then they drafted me. I had a choice of going to get a master's or go in the service. Well, I didn't get the master's, but I did go in the service. And I think in the late '50s, I made the right decision to go in the service because there was nothing going on in the '50s. Eisenhower, good man, he. Uh, Career ended in 53, and Vietnam didn't heat up until the middle 60s. So people that went in the service after 53 till about 60 or 61, they weren't seeing any combat. They weren't going anywhere. There was Laos and Cambodia was kind of shaky, but there was nothing good as I remember going on. So I spent two years down in Washington, D.C. I got out in 59 and then did some... Uh, Reserve time, I won summer camp up at Camp Drum, and then two years in active duty. Mm -hmm. So in 63, I got a complete discharge. But my active work was done when I was drafted for two years. And so I consider myself lucky because when I went in from 57 to 59, nothing was going on for that whole decade. And then things in the 60s began to really get go downhill with, with Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And people that went in drafted in the middle late 60s got right into that vietnam business and that was not good so i i missed that by about eight or ten years so it was just the luck of the draw the luck of the time or just you know strategically i just made out pretty okay, well so you finished the service so i get out came, came back to belmont yeah came back to belmont and then uh worked with a fellow who had a business had a very good business doing maintenance and and uh, cleaning of banks. He had a, an account with all the Harvard Trust banks, mm -hmm. plus I think a couple at the time of the Belmont Savings Banks. So I worked with him for a while. Okay, and then you went to work with the town. Yeah, I went to work for the town later on in life. Went to work for the town when I was 49, and uh, they told me I was unqualified, I was overqualified for the job. But I said, I'll take it. So uh, Wally Falling was very good to me. He knew me through softball. Because yeah. when I was umpiring softball, he would play. He, was, he remembers me as um, I used to umpire fast pitch Wally softball. Played, Wally played softball? Yeah, softball. Wally played softball. He played baseball, too. Yeah. Let's talk about softball for a second. You've got a long career as an umpire down there. When, well, did, you start, yes. when did you start doing that, and for how long did you do it? Well, that was 
Well, before we, I, uh, myself and, and Don Fournier and Guy Zuccarello, we joined the Amateur Softball Association. Belmont has its own local league, and they need their own local umpires. So I was not a very good ball player. I was the 25th man on the 25-man roster. So the guy that was the worst player going out and umpired and said, you go out there and umpire, Henry. Yeah, well, you're not going to play. You go out and umpire. We need an umpire. So that's how I get into it. And so I umpired that for about a good 10 or 15 years in the 50s and 60s, and then we joined uh, the Amateur Softball Association. had to take an umpire's test, and we belonged to a national association, and then they assigned us back into Belmont when Belmont went with the ASA. Yeah. Went, you know, when when the, the local league joined the Amateur Softball Association, they had to get the umpires and the rules and regulations from the yeah. Amateur Softball Association. And how many years? Um, that probably 35, 40, 40 years anyways, 40 oh, wow. years of umpiring wow. off and on. And that was fast pitch? Fast pitch until Belmont picked up slow pitch probably, again, back probably in the 80s. And uh, it's a totally different game. Yeah. And after doing fast pitch, when I did slow pitch, that was a lot easier to do. And they used to play in a lot of different fields other than just the yeah. one on Concord yeah. Avenue. Right? When we had fast pitch back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, early 90s in Belmont, Billy McKenney used four fields. We used, uh, we didn't have the lights. The lights, myself and I think John Collati or Jack Bove umpired the first game under the lights at Concord Ave. Ave. Yeah. That was in, I believe, 1977. I remember McKenney come up to me and said, you're going to do the first game under the lights. I think it was 1977. And then he had four fields working then. He had Townfield, he had Pequoset, he had uh, down where the lights were, and Winbrook at four fields. I used to go to four fields. I sometimes yeah. would go to Winbrook to do a game, and then the next night I'd be down at Townfield doing a game. And yeah. It was, so, some, it was some great softball back then. He had, good, he had a good fast pitch league, yeah. 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 And then fast pitch died out. Softball uh, went slow pitch. 95% of softball is slow pitch now. Mm -hmm. So you don't see much fast pitch. Because so, the fast pitch relies on the pitchers. If there's no pitchers that control the fast windmill. The women still play the modified fast pitch. The women do play, you know, yeah. it's like a half windmill yeah. style but it's it the ball goes in on the line instead of up, up in the air with the slow pitch yeah 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 so yeah. that that's changed quite a bit Belmont had a good fast pitch league and I remember the first night down at uh, under the lights we had a terrific crowd that night I don't and Bill McKenney put a book out I got it somewhere in the house uh, he put a book out on the history of Belmont softball did a hell of a job on mm -hmm. the book had pictures taken from the newspapers and he he did a research on all the clippings in the Belmont papers over the years yeah. on Belmont softball going back probably to the late 40s early 50s and those were teams were all sponsored by local businesses yes. right? and local Belmont businesses right? mostly yes yeah. some were out of towners but uh, they were mostly local businesses Wait, the teams were out of town no no the teams were mostly made up of Belmont and the original most of it was made up of Belmont uh, residents uh -huh. but then as the fast pitch became well, that was the best way to do it. As the fast pitch became a little more high octane and the pitching got better, he would allow each team to have, like, say, three non-residents per team uh -huh. so you could get players from out of Belmont. That was to get better players to come in or, or to augment some of the fast pitch teams that couldn't get 
the amount needed for a full roster. Mm -hmm. So he allowed other, uh, he allowed people from other cities and towns to become on the roster and uh, be part of the softball team. So in addition to your softball activity, which was fairly extensive, and obviously I can remember going down and watching you on fire, um, you've been also active, very active in town. You've been a town meeting member for a long time. Since I think the 90s, yeah, yeah. early yeah. 90s. Really? Uh, 91, I think. Yeah. Has that changed much over the years? Town meeting, um, well, the concept is the same. I think, uh, I don't think it's changed that much. You still got the mix of the older people and the younger people coming in. And I think it's the same as it was when I first started out. I remember Mel Kluckner when I, when I was going to become a town meeting man. <laughs> Mel, I like Mel. I thought Mel did a good job. He said to me, yeah, he said, are you, gonna, you, are you another guy going for a raise? He said, he, he, Arlington and Belmont had a lot of, people that were associated with the town, either worked for the town or were on committees. A lot of them were town meeting members. So you didn't really, did you really get a cross-section of Belmont or did you just get people that were interested in the political sphere and were interested, you know, yeah. which is fine. But you didn't, the, av the average person that went down to Dunkin' Donuts that we know were, were not the ones that really yeah. were, became town meeting members. Which I guess, you know, the people that were active in, Belmont politics or just interested in Belmont in general as to what was going on, yeah. those that took an interest like that got into the town meeting members. My, 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 my sense today is that many of the town meeting members are new residents to Belmont. They, they come in and they want to be involved in the community yeah. and so forth, and that's, that's yeah. a way to get involved very, very quickly. Right, so it's, right, it's, right, right. right. Um, right. And it's an interesting concept. And a lot of people, you know, some of the complaints were that oh, people come into Belmont and send their kids to the schools and once they leave once the kids get out of the high school they they move on you know because they just came for the schools i don't know how true that is uh belmont has got great schools and people move in for that yeah. and how long they stay in belmont after their children have got out of high school and gone elsewhere like college or something how off how long the parents stay here is maybe something that somebody might want to look at because I don't know if it's a bogus ac accusation that, you know, Belmont is just like a stepping stone for people to come here and then the affluent just move out again when yeah. their kids get out of here. But that's something that's been talked about for years, as I remember. In addition to the town meeting, you've also been very, very active in the Council on Aging. Yeah, yeah I was on the board for nine years. Yeah, I was on the COA board and uh, had a good time there. And when I get off, they said, ah, oh, Henry, why do you want to get off? We're looking for Belmont residents, you know. And I said, well, you know, you don't want to, you don't want it to be a lifetime contract. I mean, yeah. nine years is enough. I mean, let other people get on the board. If they need any expertise or what little expertise I have, ask me as an onboard member. Yeah. I mean, you know. And uh, so that was it. I, I stayed on nine years. A lot of that time was uh, worrying about building the senior center, right? Yeah, There's yeah, we helped build there. it. We, yeah, uh, I think my name, not to brag, my name and the others that originally were on the board when we a named the senior center. That we, we, I remember we had a meeting and we said, well, what are we going to call a building? And I remember we, uh, everybody had a statement to say about what it should be called and we had the blackboard there and 
I think Joel Samuels or somebody went up and wrote the names of what we thought the senior center should be. So somebody all of a sudden come up and said, why don't we call it the Beach Street Center? We had all different names. We were going to call it this, that, and the other thing. And so the Beach Street Center stuck. And I said, you know, I used to live right across the street from here. I think that's a hell of a way to call it, the Beach Street Center. And somebody said, well, the, 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 they won't know if it's a senior center or, or, or a teen center or what, you know. Yeah. Well, we'll say call the Beach Street Center, right underneath, put down Senior Center, Council yeah. on Aging. And that's what it was. And I think that was an appropriate name. I don't know who come up with the name. We, we sort of had the word Beach Street in it when we were trying to figure out what different names, what names we should call it. Yeah. Beach Street Center we decided on. So we voted on it as a board. And that became the official name okay. for the and you also got involved in habitat you volunteer up at habitat quite yeah a bit. phil and solomon was on the board at the time she's now on the board with the uh uh friends of the council of aging she's on the friends board and she said to me one day she says you look like you're a pretty strong guy she says i run a program up at up at the habitat for the chenry school kids she said would you like to would you mind coming up on Wednesdays and helping out with the kids? You know, they have to get credit for after-school work, and yeah. a lot of them like to come up to the Chenry School. So I said, okay. So I've been doing that for I don't know how many years. Um, I've been doing that probably a good 15 years. Huh? Anyways, maybe a little longer. I got off the board in 2010, but I was working with her up there prior to that. Yeah. She's on the uh, C she's on the friends. She was very instrumental, very helpful with the uh, with the COA. Phil Solomon did a nice job. Yep. Um, do you have any particular funny stories that you can think of? Uh, funny stories. Hmm. Hmm. Well, not so much funny, but uh, you know, I probably the, going back to my umpiring days when. People didn't like some of my calls. <laughs> and probably not funny, I told you. Somebody didn't like one of my calls and c come right after me with a baseball bat. And I said, uh-oh, for $9 a day or something, this don't look like very smart work. <laughs> Anyways, uh, one of the kids grabbed the other kid, and uh, he apologized for the next 10 years when he played softball for what he did. So I don't know if that's funny, but... He, uh, he learned a lesson, you know, I, I didn't turn him in, you know, I could have I turned him into the association and he would have been barred for X amount of years. Yeah. He loved playing the game. And so I, you know, he just forgot all about it. He lost his head and I said, no problem. As long as you, the bat didn't lay on my head, I'm all right. I have no problems with you as long as you didn't hit me. <laughs> so I think that probably would be the funniest thing that could happen, at and, least in softball. Um Thinking back, do you remember some of the parades that we used to have in Belmont? Yeah, we used to have parades in Belmont. We used to have a carnival down at Pequasset. The carnival probably was up until starting in the late 40s. They used to go to uh, Pequasset and I think maybe Grove Street. I remember Ernie Fay had something to do with the carnival coming in. And that was up until, yeah, I don't know. Ernie would know. Probably 15, 20 years ago we had carnivals at Pequasset. Used to have a little Ferris wheel and everything yeah. else, yeah. And uh, is that the one that later ended up coming to the high that, school? That, that that lady was the one that Ernie got to go down to uh, the high school field. Yeah. They used to come down there and have the carnival. But before they used to be at uh, Pequasset, 
and I don't know if they had them down the town field as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember a kid going to that, carnivals, yep. Were you here for the Centennial Parade, or were you in the service then? 59. Oh, you were there. I was yeah. in the service. I got out, I think, July of 59. Was that the Centennial? Yeah, the Centennial. Yeah. I was in from August of 57 to August of 59, so I missed it by a month. I got out in August of 59, and it was July. I remember when I come home, you had the 125th or whatever it was. It had yeah. those little... Uh, labels on cars and everything. I remember I took one and put them on a car. Returning veteran, never it was. <laughs> okay. Now, you used to, when when you were hanging out, you used to hang out in, uh, you mentioned at Joe's, Jack's pool room? Jack's, yeah, was one spot. Did you ever go to Belmont Center? Did you, I mean, was there any, uh, did you, I mean, because there were kids that used to hang out in Belmont Center, kids that hung out yeah, at Ocean yeah, Square. Yeah, so. Again, it was we, click. It was like clicks. It was, you know, the group that I hung around with at PQ, yeah. we would hang around Jack's Pool Room in the corner there where yeah. uh, the store there, right there, Connor Beach and uh, Lanny Gregg used to have the store down yeah. there. We used to hang around there. And actually, we didn't really, didn't have many cars back then. Yeah. So really, if you you went from Townfield or Pequoset to Winbrook, you had to walk down there. Yeah. And most Times we didn't, unless you had a car. So it was mostly clicks. We stayed one area. The Winbrook crowd stayed down that area, and Townfield crowd stayed in their area. So it was more or less clear. The famous Athlone Gang, uh, yeah. Dick Betts, I remember, wrote a nice article on the Athlone Gang. Sure. That yeah. was the town, down the Townfield, down by the end of Waverly Street there, Sheehan yeah. Road. And uh, that was a great article that he wrote for the Belmont Historical <laughs> Society because I remember as a kid, we mentioned the Athlone game, we'd all get scared, you know, get the <laughs> hell out of that area. We, we, we wouldn't go down that end of town field because we didn't want to get tied up with those Irish rowdies down there. <laughs> so that was that was something that was that was uh, that I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What? Um, uh, what's your favorite Belmont tradition? Do you have one? Well, when I was going to school, I think the big tradition was the Thanksgiving Day game. I used to go to them. You know, oh, I haven't gone, shame on me, to many, many, lately many Belmont Watertown games. But I think that was the big thing when we were kids, the Belmont the Watertown football game, uh -huh. that, you know, Thanksgiving, go down there. Actually, I still go to that. Yeah. I go to my 56th or 57th straight game. Yeah, I well, you see, I so used to go to them. Uh, I should. Shame on me. I haven't gone to them in They're a while. great. They're yeah. still a great event. Yeah, it is. Still, yeah, I Still remember. a great event. I think yeah. you, en you enjoy it more when you were younger, and you enjoy it even more so when you get older. But the memories are there when you're younger than when you get a little older, because yeah. we used to go down as groups, you know, to the Belmont yeah. Watertown. Yeah, we used to go down as groups. So I remember doing that. What do you like most about living in Belmont? Well, you know, contrary to what most people think, Belmont really hasn't changed that much. Um, well, let me blunt about it. When I was growing up, it was mostly white Caucasian. Yeah. And now it's become more diversified, which is fine. That's no problem there. So that is one big change as far as uh, the the demographics of Belmont. But other than that, I, the town itself, other than, be, uh, you know, I, other than being a little more dense because they've been building things, you know, new buildings and new this and new that, but Belmont don't have much room to build anyways. So what saves Belmont is 
I think Polly Harris was the f person who really started the field system in Belmont when he came here in the 20s and 30s. Uh, he was one that decided that there was going to be a lot of open space in Belmont via the, the PAC system. Mm -hmm. So I think Belmont, a lot of people don't realize because they've been there so long and it's right under their nose. We have five or six ballparks, five or six fields, or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call them, Winbrook, Townfield, Vequasset, Concord Ave. So there's a lot of open space in Belmont, which I think Polly Harris, who lived on Golden Street, he was one of the first would you call him? He was uh, first on the recreation. He was like a planner for the for the town in terms of recreational mm -hmm. space, and uh, he did a very good job. I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, Belmont is densely built for four square miles for twenty six thousand people or twenty four thousand people. We still have some spots that are open, mm -hmm. and that's due to the playground system. Because practically everything else in Belmont has got a green grass is being built on. Yep. And it, I don't know how much more dense you can make the town because it's pretty well built up even when I was a kid. Pretty well built up. But, you know, so that's one thing I think Belmont should be proud of is, is, is that the, the parks are open. And uh, they may not be used in the summer, like I say, when they had instructors and we had ball teams and everything else. As a kid, that, that, that area is gone, uh, unfortunately. And because uh, I remember Bill McKinney said he, they couldn't afford any instructors, so that was the end of that of the summer programs for kids that would go nowhere, or you know, people that lived in the general residence areas, Winbrook, I mean, uh, Harvard Lawn, and down to Waverly. Summertime, the kids, if they weren't working in summer, they were hanging around the, the ballparks. Yeah. Well, we've been at this for over a half hour now. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I guess it's time to wrap up. It's, it's, it's been a great conversation, and yeah, I think we could probably spend okay. another hour talking. But okay. uh, I really enjoy your participation and, and uh, appreciate well, hearing uh, Henry Kazarian's stories of uh, life in Belmont since 1935. Well, thank you very, very much. And thank you for having me. Great.